Hello, it's Isaac here. Welcome to a preview of the latest Spaß Bremse Premium episode. What you're about to hear is a short excerpt of part two of Ted's interview with economic sociologist Wolfgang Streich, followed by an excerpt of a discussion that Ted and Michelle had about the reflections on the interview. To hear the full episode, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. There will be a link to that in the show notes. There you can also find a back catalog of the 18 premium episodes we've already released. And so far, the contributions we receive from our Patreon subscribers have helped us to upgrade our recording gear. So we really appreciate all of the support. Also, if you have not yet heard part one of Ted's interview with Wolfgang Strake, make sure to go give that a listen. It should be the episode right before this one on the main feed. All right, on to the preview. And in, the, um, in creating institutional possibilities for people to take their uh, fate into their own hands rather than delegate it to some sort of overburdened uh, bureaucracy. That's my sort of fundamental thing. That's why I'm a Democrat. Yeah? Otherwise, I could, be, I could be a bureaucrat. No, I'm not a bureaucrat. I'm, I'm a Democrat. And, and it, it's also good for people to have a sense of, of responsibility in the following sense, that it is up to them uh, to do something uh, and not just to wait for others to do something for them. Uh, so in, in a sense, that's a sort of liberal, liberal basic conviction that, that goes with, um, with um, uh, the, the, the democracy. You, you, are, you were saying, uh, is this, um, shall we have some more uh, coordination or not? And so I don't think the question is, uh, can be asked like this. I think we are seeing a collapse of the uh, governing structure that has evolved after uh, 1990. It is collapsing. It is no longer functioning. And uh, uh, rather than inventing fixes that won't work uh, anyway, we might be happy. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very serious, I'm laughing, but we might be happy if people sort of become a little insurrectionist and tell these elites that the ways that they think the world can be governed uh, lead us into disaster. And I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that it, that it is disaster. Uh, the, the climate is on everybody's mind. What is not on everybody's mind is this sort of output curve of, of CO such and such uh, that has begun in whenever, and it is basically linear. And you have all these international meetings, Paris, Copenhagen, and so on, ever new, uh, 1.5, 2.0 degrees. And you look at the curve, and the curve doesn't move. It simply goes up. Yeah. So, so then you can say, we need more of this sort of international cooperation. And then I would say with Albert Einstein, yeah, that if you try uh, one, one thing and it doesn't work, and you try it again and again and again, and it doesn't work, then that is the definition of madness. Yeah. So I'm convinced that we will have to invent something new, that we're in, in a, at a breaking point. And, and if you look at, look at the last, <laughs> you had, the, you had the, the financial crisis, then you had the console, what I call the consolidation state, uh, the, the austerity. 
then uh, that consolidation state broke apart in the, uh, you can say, uh, uh, secular stagnation state. Uh, when the central banks took, took over uh, and, and tried to regulate this strange uh, capitalist economy and, and fiat money was all over the place, the only thing that was missing was growth. Yeah. Now we have a return to the inflation state of the 1970s, but not because strong unions are demanding too much wage, but because uh, the, 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 the overblown, over-centralized uh, uh, production chains of the new world order are breaking apart for economic and now also for political reasons. Now begins the question of what can we do in the, with the means that remain for us, including cooperation with others, but uh, restoring more uh, autonomy and more uh, sort of strategic uh, uh, sovereignty than was left to us by this huge American giant after 1970, which thought that national sovereignty was no longer needed because there would be just one country that exercise sovereignty, and therefore you couldn't even recognize it as such. What I did find compelling, which was like a follow-up to what he's saying about the subdivisions, is that it gives people the ability to actually like do something about where they live, right? So like if things are broken down to smaller levels, then you have the agency as like a group of people, a community to um, affect your living conditions, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think I, I think it kind of gets summed up by the joke that uh, Streich made of like, oh, well, I'm waiting for a European solution. The guy who's just like, what's he doing? He's waiting. <laughs> like, and that's going to. Yeah, it's this way to like constantly sort of like defer, 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 you know, to, to like waiting for a sort of like higher power to address it. Yeah, this the issue, though, of like local government, it I don't know, it, it feels it feels almost like nothing is, is satisfying. And that's why I mean, I think I think Streak has like this great analysis um, and, it, you know, it doesn't doesn't necessarily lead to a solution, which I'm sure he would be, you know, fully fully willing to say, you know, I'm sort of just pointing at this out. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a bureaucrat, as he said, but he, he sort of mentions Switzerland as like a, maybe a success story, which from a left perspective, I'm not sure, I'm not sure it totally resonates, you know, I mean, their, their wealth comes from facilitating some of the most gross things in global capitalism and finance. Yeah, some of and the most the brutal expropriation, like literally documented to... Yeah, so that, you know, okay, maybe there are some strengths of the, the polity today, uh, but, you know, it's hard to disentangle from, from how they get their money. And this idea of, like, local conditions and local autonomy and, and controlling where you live, you know, it, it, it sounds very good, and it almost calls back, I guess, to a bit of the more, like, communitarian left in, like, the, the sort of 90s, early 2000s. But I, it's also worth remembering that referenda aren't just a sort of like nice way of, of deciding how you want to run things. It can also be used to stymie things and sort of protect local privileges. I mean, you think about uh, 
all the lawsuits around, you know, California high-speed rail or something like that, where this mm. is a project that would benefit the state as a whole, but local communities are fighting it tooth and nail because they would rather have, you know, a slightly quieter area without having to hear a train than to do something that would, like, benefit millions and millions of people or the sort of general, like, nimbyism where people don't want to build new housing. So it's like local communities can also be sites of reaction and not mm. sites of progress. So it, it's a tough one to just say, like, if you put it at this level, good things will happen. Yeah, I guess if, it, if it's broken down into too small of, like, entities to make a decision, they can really, like, throw a wrench in things, right? It's easier to... Yeah, and it's, I mean, it, it's like veto players, basically, yeah. right? I mean, you have that at the, the European level, where often it's, you know, specific countries that with a, you know, um, a unanimous voting in, in most uh, types of EU decisions where single countries can throw a wrench in the gears, like you said, and then just not allow anything to happen. So, you know, the same way that a small community on the, the train tracks in California can stop an initiative, so can, you know, Hungary for an EU foreign policy initiative. So it's like by localizing it, you can also sort of hold up a broader project, but at the same time, by putting things on too high of a level, you can then override sort of local autonomy. So this seems like an unresolvable tension. Well, it's also me. it's and also what, all theoretical kind of. And, and, yeah. when, and when you pried a little bit, he did say, like, of course, there should be more cooperation and not less. Like, it's, yeah, exactly. That's kind of a given. Like, you don't you're not trying to, like, shutter people away in their little circles or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, to me, in politics, like, you should sort of foreground an outcome you want right and then figure out on what level you need to be politically active to achieve it but not necessarily assume that politics centered at one level or another will necessarily lead to the outcome you want more than others so like mm. we said you know you can have the imf impose awful policies and you can also have groups of rich homeowners in orange county impose awful policies so like there's no there's no real like guarantee to get what you want just by saying it's going to be you know local national supranational etc i don't know and i don't know though because because when strake was talking about like okay taking fate into your own hands the thing that i thought about are the unionization efforts various ones the one that immediately came to mind is the um, berlin hospital workers Right. And like, I think that does kind of support the point of, like you just said, like having an idea of what you want to achieve. People become motivated in that small of a like parcel by the idea that they want to achieve. And then there is some level of of like self efficacy in that because they have to participate in order to right? like there's the direct links. Thanks so much for listening to this preview of our latest premium episode. As always, you can listen to the full episode by subscribing to us at patreon.com slash spaßbremse. We'll be back with another full-length episode on the main feed soon. Talk to you next time. Tschüss.